Hello friends, welcome to Tea Time with Team Universe. This is your host, Chell. And I'm Zave. Be sure to grab your favourite cup, pour your favourite drink in it, settle in as we are about to go on an adventure. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Team Universe. This is Chell. And, and I'm Zave. <laughs> and tonight we're going to have a bit of a follow-on from our last uh, session with you guys talking about the double world, alternate dimensions and timelines. We did touch on the fact that we might elaborate on some more things and highlight a little bit of Xavier's experience with these otherworldly things. So I'd like to start by saying what is your take on alternate timelines and dimensions? (sighs) I love questions. I always feel like they're very loaded because we tend to ask people questions in a generalized format, which then allows them to open-endedly answer it. Um, For me, I feel like societally speaking, my story resonates more on a paranormal Mm. uh, world and or level. However, the experiences that I've had definitely touch on more so dimensional or alternate dimensions and or parallel timelines rather than paranormal because since my experiences have started, I've begun to really view them in a different manner. Mm -hmm. That being said, what I mean by that is that when they first were happening to me, I viewed them on a paranormal level. Like I was like, whoa, I'm seeing ghosts or spirits or like there's this thing happening and I'm and and I'm experiencing it on a paranormal sense because that's how I understood it to be because they were not real mm. with quotations around them. Not of this physical world, you mean? Yeah. Mm. And and when people talk about things not being of this physical world, I grew up in the South knowing those to be ghosts and ghost mm. stories. And, you know, I think that experiences can be labeled in many different ways, culturally, um, societally speaking. Mm. Uh, I am sure that there's lots of other words for how things can be labeled, but I like to live my life so much on a free free speaking, free living kind of way that mm. I actually kind of have forgotten all the different ways to label things. Mm. So, um, but where I came from, it's definitely like really old school Southern Baptist Bible belt country in the sense that anything that was abnormal was considered paranormal. Mm. In a like in a religious aspect, you mean Yeah, like, definitely yeah. in a religious aspect. So so for me, my experiences then were had that massive label on it as paranormal. Mm. Mm. Uh, and growing up since then, since it's been at least twenty years almost. Mm. Uh since my big experiences, I suppose you could say. Um, and my other experiences have been my whole life and filled with different versions of similar experiences. Mm. I just understood it that way. So I've always expressed it in a way that's like, yeah, this is my ghost story um, experience. Mm. <laughs> and even on other podcasts that we've been on, I've always kind of described it in a ghostly manner. But even even since then, I've kind of understood things on a different level. So it's like I'm aware now about imprinting and, and about how timelines can run simultaneously side by mm. side and how... I can have this experience of this thing that's happening right before my eyes, but it doesn't mean that it's happening right here, right now. Mm. It could be happening right beside me and I'm just happening to glimpse it. Mm. Well, that's the thing with, um, we've touched on past lives and things before, I think. Yeah. But that, yeah, like you mentioned, the idea that perhaps... Not fully in in this particular podcast, but we have mm. touched on past lives a, a tad. In other ones. Mm. Um, but just kind of elaborating on what you just said, I guess, is the the idea that perhaps it's not actually a past life or a past scene that you're experiencing, but perhaps that it is either a um, residue or an actual 
visual experience of a timeline that is happening simultaneously with this one. It just happens to be what we would call the past, but it's it's maybe not actually happening in the past. It's happening now. Mm. And even as you're saying that, I'm lo- looking again at my memory of my experiences and thinking, oh, or who's to say that the point of view in which I was experiencing the experiences that I had mm. wasn't firsthand. Mm. Who's to say that that I wasn't timeline jumping into another timeline to mm. to to see my experiences? I can't mm. say that because we haven't done enough research, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of where you and I are at in our early thirties. We're like, yeah, cool, let's do more research because moments like this are so unexplainable, mm. but they get overgeneralized. I feel like the population in general in general, likes to generalize (laughs) about how we do things and how we experience things because we don't understand them. So we're just like, let's lump it all into this category of like the too hard basket or that's ghosts or that's um, psychic or that's mediumship or that's this or that's that. It's Mm. like, or that's a past life. Oh, that's uh, whatever it is that, you know, someone do, 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 voodoo bullshit or whatever. I think it's because we don't understand it, so it makes it easier to lump it into a category that makes sense, even if it doesn't make sense entirely, but it Mm. makes sense enough because there's enough other experiences to carpool into that one category to be like, all of these things don't make sense, uh, but they're sort of similar, so we're just going to put it in the same category. Mm. But really, it's all... Even if they're all unrelated, they're just strange compared (laughs) to where we are. They're all phenomenon like we're we're viewing it all in this phenomenological like wow this is something weird that's out of the physical norm right and that's what makes them similar even though they the story span fucking forever across weird things absolutely but honestly i love that we like to say that our lives are normal Mm. (laughs) like it's it's really funny to me (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like wait 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 hold on a minute (laughs) You think that the things that you experience are so quote unquote normal mm. so that you get to label these other experiences as not normal because you don't experience them. Mm. The way that we do things is kind of backwards, but that's not the point of this conversation. You want to know about mm. my experiences yes. so we can go into that. What would you like to, where would you like for me to start? Uh, what was or what is the first memory you have or some of something that seemed supernatural and by supernatural there's you know i've also heard people talk about there's no supernatural it's all natural but i mean something that seems like it doesn't fit in this world what's your experience and how did you relate to it or not um the first thing that comes to mind is i'm a very little child and I am visiting my mother's friend's house. And her child is much older than me. She's closer to my brother's age, but because I was born a female and she was a girl, they put us in the same room. Mm. And her room was this strange catty corner in this weird residential, like suburbia hill <laughs> type house. <laughs> it's two story. They're upstairs. She's in the corner. There's like a linen closet and it's like a hexagonal type thing. And then um, up above the hallway that led to her room was like this grate that went to the attic. And then mm. like just further down from her room was the bathroom. Mm. And I was probably, gosh, I want to say like three or four. Mm. It's pretty young. Mm. Um, and I remember it because it was terrifying. Mm. And her house in general was actually quite terrifying. There was more than one experience in this house. Uh, this one is just upstairs. Mm. So I used to pee the bed because the first time that I tried to get out of the bed and go to the bathroom, I remember feeling like I wasn't alone and I was looking around in the dark and I wasn't actually very afraid of the dark. Mm. Uh, it wasn't a thing. I feel like I'm, I can't imagine you would be. No, I've always had really good night vision. Like even in our house now as adults, I feel like you turn all the lights on in the house and I always <laughs> leave them off because I can see quite well in the dark. Mm. And I don't have an issue with it. Um, and I prefer the, the night. Uh, and even when I was a child, I definitely felt that way too. Cause I felt like I was trying to always avoid people seeing me, mm. which is 
also like a bit of my paranormal experience because the the, the people that I was afraid of seeing me weren't human, mm-hmm. <laughs> weren't mm-hmm. of this particular timeline or this dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can remember not feeling like I was alone and um, kind of looking around to like assess the area and sort out why I wasn't feeling that way. And I remember looking up and into that grate that led to the attic and there was less like... <laughs> rotting man mm-hmm. the best way for me <laughs> to describe it um he was gray and his face was kind of falling about apart mm. and he was just watching me with his hands placed on the grate just looking down mm. and that's all i could see in the dark and it made me pee myself mm. and so i was terrified to go to the bathroom i was like i can't you do bet. this can't do it not doing it not worth it Mm-mm. Mm. and so then i used to i guess just pee myself in the bed when i stayed there um mm. because it was less terrifying than having to go to the bathroom and then they they were like why why do you keep being in the bed and i was like because i'm scared of the man that's in the freaking attic like do you not see him mm. and i feel like i was i feel like my mom was a bit like oh, what's wrong with you and i feel like her mom was a bit like okay cool so i'm gonna leave the light on in the bathroom that maybe that'll make you feel safer mm. i feel like she treated me more in a manner of like I might not believe what you're saying, but I'm going to entertain the fact that you're terrified. Mm. So let's try and I'm obviously scared. So let's Mm. try and solve the situation. Mm. So she like would keep the light on for me and that didn't help. Mm. But then. Can I just ask real quick? Yeah. Did that light light him up more? Yes. (laughs) So for me, I was a bit like, oh, fuck. Great. Now I can see all his I can really see like his skin like (laughs) falling off of him. And he he never said anything to me. And I used to ask him like, what do you want? Mm. Like I can remember I would put my, pin my back up against the wall and like creep along the wall. And like, because I felt like maybe, you know, maybe if I moved or like slid along the wall, it'd be okay. Like this was like an experiential experimental experience for me. Mm. Uh, and I was just like constantly having to like weave my way through this maze of this hallway, which wasn't even that freaking big. But when you're three, mm. three and a half, and you're trying to like sort out this hallway to, to like divert yourself away from the melting man in the attic <laughs> and nobody understands what Jeez. you're saying. It's, it's a bit like, it's fucking scary. Like I yeah. remember just being so terrified that it would make me pee too. And then the thought of like, so, you know, maybe I could have really dealt with some having hypnosis around peeing the bed. That would have been really good for me. Um, but I'm not sure if it would have helped because of the fact of what I was experiencing. Mm, you might've still seen him. You yeah. Know? And in her basement, you know, so it's like, she used to play piano. Mm. My, my friend. Well, I guess she was my friend. I'm not sure. Um, she is now that we're adults and we're closer mm. in age and things make sense. But um, then she was more like my brother's friend and I was kind of just like the tag along. And she used to play piano in the basement and she's a hella good pianist, by the way. Mm. But when we were kids, she would practice and she was trying to teach me like chopsticks and stuff. And I remember mm. like any good murder story, mm. the basement's got like those plastic, I don't know, like six inch Ah, oh, hanging things, right? <laughs> I don't know what you would call it, like a mm. curtain, but it's like plastic and it's like mm. a meat factory kind of thing. And he would open up the plastic to like walk yeah. into a different place. So they had some of that, but then they also were Why? doing construction downstairs. So they had like these plastic also full bits where you'd have to like go through it or whatever. And I did not like their house. I used to just it's be scary. like, I can't handle the guy in the attic and I can't handle the basement. You guys mm. want me to hang out in both of these places and I'm not mm. fucking having it. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are people downstairs. Like, you don't understand. And I feel like I would come up to dinner and I'd be terrified and like crying. And they're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, there's guys downstairs and they're like rotting. Their faces are rotting off and they're staring at me and you don't see them. And I feel crazy. Mm. <laughs> and how, so we're talking still like three, four, yeah, five. Like, I think they lived in this house probably till I was like five or six. Mm-hmm. And then they, I'm not sure if they moved or we moved and we didn't go back there. I can't really remember, but um, that portion, all I remember is that was the age where I started realizing that I was seeing rotting people. Mm. Kind of like the sixth sense kind of thing, which they've made that movie about, which yeah. then when I watched that movie for the first time, I was like, oh my God, there's somebody else out there that understands what I'm saying. Mm. But I didn't feel like necessarily that I was seeing dead people. Like I didn't feel like it was a sixth sense. I just felt like... I just felt like it was a part of my life mm. <laughs> and that I was just yeah. seeing this thing. And even now as an, as an adult, 
I still see rotting dead people. Mm. Like <laughs> it's never, you know, when people talk about they see ghosts, they see them in a way that's not how I see them. Mm. They see them in like their purest form and they're like having conversations and stuff. When I see them, they're standing on the side of the road and their faces are falling off and their skin is disintegrating and they're gray and they're yellow and they look like they're dying. Mm. And their, their clothes are tattered and, and they're just standing there waiting so vacant. Mm. They're never speaking to me. They're never anything. It's like I just see, like I literally just see rotting corpses. Mm. <laughs> now, you've you've mentioned that to me before. Um, and we've spoken about how people have this idea of love and light and the lovely mm-hmm. people, spirits who have passed over, you know, your grandma who's still in her Sunday best waiting to tell you all the nice things that she's got a glowing <laughs> light around her. Um, and horror movies are wa- made of what you've said. There's movies where there's people lining the roads like you've experienced. Mm. So what is your perception of what's happening there? Because it sounds like the kind of uh, spirits perhaps that are trying to get your attention maybe need something else than just a, hey, I see you and you're doing a great job, guy. <laughs> like... It, do you think there's a message there? Is there something they're trying to convey to you? I think they've never been seen before. Mm. Mm. In this moment when you're asking me this question, and I feel like I've been asked this question a handful of times and perhaps even by you before, and I've never been able to answer it properly. Mm. And in this moment when you're asking me, I am feeling like I can take a wide look at my life my my current alive reality mm. and see the kinds of people that come to me and the kinds of people and the kinds of clients and patients and things that I have um, and the kind of person that I've been. And if I look at how I view things, my belief is that, you know, your external reality then mimics your internal. Mm. If I look at that and I incorporate that into my experience, I have always felt like I've never been seen. Mm. So, of course, it would be that my experience with the paranormal and or spiritual and or ghost or other dimension, other other um, timeline would be individuals who have never been seen. So, of course, mm. they're rotting. They're 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 falling to pieces because all they've ever wanted is to feel whole. And mm. part of feeling whole is to be able to see yourself. Mm. And my biggest healing journey has been able to be able to see myself, accept myself love myself and own mm. responsibility for me and who I am and ha- and and that wholeness that I'm trying to understand. Mm. So in this moment, I feel like they represent a version of timelines, dimensions, paranormal activity, ghosts, spirits, whatever you want to call it, that mm. are the kind of people who have never been seen and they know that I can see them because I see myself in that way mm. or have seen myself in that way. Mm. I've had psychics and mediums and and card readers and palm readers. I mean, I've had some (laughs) very interesting experiences um, like voluntarily and involuntarily throughout the years that have basically described the people that I see as people who are waiting to move Mm. or they're waiting to be called. The people who are are rotting on the side of the road just waiting in a line are those who are waiting to to be told where they're meant to go. Mm-hmm. But nobody's ever really been able to explain why they're rotting. <laughs> nobody's well, ever really been able to explain why they look like they do and why mm. I'm having that experience when everybody else talks about like such a nicer, lighter, um, more humanistic approach. Mm. I have yet to really meet anyone who has seen things the way that I do and or, mm. and, or someone who can really explain it. Mm. But it kind of makes more sense to me now that we're having this conversation. So. Thank you. Whether that's true mm. or not, or whether just in that moment that makes it make more sense, I'm mm. still appreciative. Well, if you imagine they're waiting to go wherever it is they go after here, and I do remember you saying that when you were, say, three or four and you were seeing that guy in the hallway, he died years before, right? Not very many. But it, a couple? Because it was a new house, it was a new development. Mm. And it was a couple of years, he was an electrician who had died in the the attic. Yeah. So, so, but we didn't, 
mentioned that before, but there was actually a man that died yes. in that roof space um, mm-hmm. that Zave was seeing as a child. So I'm wondering if it's possible that either he didn't realise he was dead and he's hanging on in there waiting for someone to tell him that he's he can sign off for the day. He's dead. <laughs> um, well... You know, it's a lot of ghost stories and things, Hollywood They've stories. They've got no idea. They yeah. say that, yeah. And I'm I'm curious about how mm. much of that is fact and how much is fiction. It's true. You know, do they know where they are or are they showing up every day in that attic going, God, why am I here again? I swear to God I finished that <laughs> I job. I finished this job. Why can't I leave Why here? am I here? Why This kid can see me. Maybe they can help can? me. Yeah. Maybe. I've also been told that, that maybe they, like, I'm meant to tell them what to do, but I didn't understand how to communicate with them. At that age. And I still don't necessarily understand how to communicate with them because mm. I have tried to reach out, like, telepathically and be like, mm. what do you want, like, now? Because even what now, do you get back? nothing sometimes. And other times I get, like, names, like, um, you know, we've had, both of us have experienced mm. what happens when I call out. To the spirit realm and say, okay, cool, I'm ready to talk to you. And then our whole house gets fucking surrounded the by... The whole yard. And our yard is full of dead people. <laughs> it's a very different experience than when you reach out and you're like, I'd love to talk to my spirits and guides and angels and anyone who would like to talk to me. And it's like such a nice experience. And I'm like, yeah, cool, I'd like to talk to the spirit realm. And all of a sudden we're like surrounded by like ghouls and dead people. Mm. It's just a different thing, you know. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful when I talk about dead people because I am aware that there are lots of people who have died. Mm. And the way that they come through is normally, from what I understand, in a way that helps the person that is sitting with a medium and or psychic or uh, being with someone who can channel the, the, the past uh, the spirits, they're they're showing up in a manner that allows them to be seen in a way that the person who is looking for that information can then see them. Mm. I, in my sense, I don't get that because they're not coming to me because I know someone. They're mm. coming to me for another reason, and I still haven't been able to sort out what that is. Mm. And like there's in, a silence between you. Yeah, there's like this really dead air space. Mm. It's like quieter than the most quiet space. Mm. And I haven't been able to tap into and or figure out how it is that I need to tap into that. So if anybody else is experiencing this and you know how to tap into that, that Mm. would be really helpful Mm. because I've tried. You know, I had an experience when I was, we'll say, 19 or 20 Mm. that just absolutely scared my pants off. And I put up these massive walls, which then blocked me to the spirit realm in Mm. the way that I was seeing it. Uh, and I've become more and more open as time has gone on, but it's still not as full on as it was before. Um, mm. But I am definitely in a place now where I feel safe enough within myself and trust myself enough that I'm more open and willing to like accept that I have this experience and that there must be a reason for it because everything has a reason mm. and everything happens exactly how it's supposed to. And, I, and I'm more open to that now. Mm. And in the sense that I trust that I can respond appropriately. Mm. Um, So I've been doing things in the last few years like breath work and um, therapy and meditation and energy work and stuff to try to clear some of these blockages that I involuntarily slash voluntarily put up for myself because I was terrified. Um, Mm. You know, and, and things have kind of transpired since then. Like I definitely, obviously we've had a couple of visitors here in the house mm. and Carlos <laughs> Carlos who comes and is very interested in Atlas and mm. I've had a you know a few people that have tried to tried to communicate with me and in fact my experience has changed quite a bit like I also am experiencing people who are communicating with me just a, a slight bit even if it's just on an energetic level and mm. or a verbal level mm. and then also as time has went on I've had you know psychic mediums who tell me that I'm a medium and I'm like well <laughs> I feel like the the mediumship that I've got is still different than what I've been met with yet. So Mm. I don't quite know if I'm ready to take that on, Mm. which is part of the reason why we haven't dived straight into it and Mm. or I'm not sure if what I experience is similar to anyone else. You know, though, (laughs) I've been realising lately, probably over... Actually, probably since our last podcast, we put feelers out about 
anyone that had anything similar to the alternate timelines that I'd been experiencing and we have had someone come forward who we're meeting up with this week to chat about some things. Um, I think I came to the understanding though that no one was experiencing things quite like how I was because I'm me and how I experience things is how I experience things. Just like your stories from what I've gathered from other people that I've heard ghost stories from, basically, um, the information is shared with you in a slightly different way because you're different, because you're unique, you're who you are. They're going to connect to you in your uniqueness. Mm. You know, I don't believe that it is exactly the same for everyone. I'm sure there are shared experiences, um, just like, you know, we have seen some. Or even, you know, I'm sure lots of mediums experience um, connecting to other spirits in a similar way. But, you know, like Reiki, I think it's different for everyone, how we connect to guides and how we receive information. It's so individual depending on your own individual makeup. Absolutely. So I wonder if there's anyone out there that's actually experienced anything exactly how you have or if that's your unique uh, kind of footprint (laughs) probably not but if it's somewhat similar that would be cool to know Mm. you know and i feel like i'm sure the next question that you're going to ask me is around (laughs) the thing that scared me so much at 19 or 20 about (laughs) the story this is everybody's favorite story because it's so dramatic (laughs) um but it was very real let me me just reassure everyone is listening it was a very very scary and very real experience um so i come from north carolina in a town called Asheville. and in Asheville, north carolina there is a place called the old va hospital which to my knowledge has actually been turned currently into a psychiatric care hospital. That's terrifying. And a reward or something of the nature, which is fucking scary. And I'm sure that anybody else can agree with me. Specifically because it is an old historic monumental uh, building. So as you guys know, in, in Australia, also when something is considered historical, it's marked as an historical place, you kind of can't tear it down. Like a, certain parts mm. of it have to remain the same. Mm. Um, so it was an old veterans hospital from back in World War II uh, when tuberculosis was a huge thing. Uh, so I am terrible with time, so I'm not going to give you a date for that. But what I can tell you is that there were several, like, buildings. They're old, like, buildings that were, like, white and black, and there was the, the property's quite large, mm. and it's a big linear line of, like, all these, like, uh, sort of similar to, like, plantation houses in the sense of, like, mm. having servants' quarters and stuff. Uh, but it was, like, nurses' quarters. And then there was these two huge buildings that were kind of catty-corner to each other, and one of them housed tuberculosis war patients, and the other one housed the psychologically ill. Mm. Um, So, like, one was, like, a mental health unit, and the other one was just a tuberculosis unit. Mm. And the old VA hospital has a big ghost story around it. Mm. Um, I can't remember and or don't know when it first became abandoned, but because it is a historical monument, they had to leave it standing. Um, and it was f- considered federal property, which means that if you were caught on federal property, it was against the law and you could get fined, charged, and or put in jail. Mm. But uh, when you go and you Google Asheville ghost stories, one of the first places that will pop up is the old VA hospital mm. because there's tons and tons of people who have had experiences in this place. Now, knowing all the things that I know, I know a bit about you know residual energy and re- resonance and... Uh, timelines and or parallel dimensions and how the field is your mirror and et cetera, et cetera. So I can imagine that everyone who goes into this place has a different experience, which Mm. is what you'll read about Mm. when you go and Google it because everyone's field is different. Everyone's dimensions are different. Everyone's parallel timelines are different and all of their experiences will then mirror that field back to them. Mm. So, you know, in knowing that it's like retelling the story is quite interesting right now. Um, so, for me, I grew up 
And I think this might be part of like the religious uh, Bible Belt country thing in the sense that like you don't go to the basement of any place. Like that's where the ghouls and the demons and Satan lives, right? Mm. So it's like that's where the devil resides. Uh, I'm not really sure when I picked up that knowledge and or belief, but <laughs> I, I feel like I knew this like throughout my life. I was like, uh-uh, I'm going into your basement. Nope. <laughs> it's like no. every, every And every horror, horror story is like, yeah. don't go into the basement, right? Um, so I was very keen on not entering the basement. And my friend that I was going to this place with was like, yeah, let's go to the basement. I was like, uh-uh, we're not fucking doing that. <laughs> I had a very firm boundary. I was not, not going there. However, I didn't do any prior research of this building mm. before I went in. I probably should have looked at a map or, or whatever, but I didn't. And that's how things played out, right? And when we walked into the place, the door that we broke into, which we didn't really break into, there was a big, huge hole in it. We just climbed through the hole in the fence that other people's made and then mm. climbed through a hole in a door that other people made. Mm. And to our left was the basement. <laughs> and I knew that because I could feel it. And I knew that because I just knew that because the way that I understand energy and the way that spirit speaks to me is through like this, just knowing I have yeah. this, you just I think it's called it. clairsentience, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, where you know and feel things. Mm. Um, so I just had this knowledge without knowing that I had this knowledge until I had it. Mm. And I walked in and that basement door was shut. And I remember looking at the door and being like, good, fucking shut. That's exactly how <laughs> good, it should be. That's what we want with good, this basement. Good, that's what we want. All right. <laughs> cool, walk in. And when you walk in, um, it's like a, any horror movie. Any <laughs> horror movie in a hospital like from that time period, you look up and the whole place is the same. It's like uh, there's a hallway on the right and a hallway mm. on the left. And there's a big, huge stairwell mm -hmm. that goes all the way up um, with like a like a square space. Mm. it's just a big rectangle building and in the middle there's like this huge hollowed out square for the steps that go all the way up but it's not like spiral or anything it's like square steps right mm. uh and it like breaks off into these different floors and then the floors and the doors have these huge cherry wooden oak doors that are really really thick mm. probably maybe not even made out of oak but they're very old very thick wood mm. and uh each floor is exactly the same and there was trash everywhere and graffiti everywhere. And like, I knew that homeless people live there and I knew that people go there and party and people mm. are silly. Oh goodness, um, partying. Oh, you wouldn't even believe the amount of parties that you hear about that are in that place, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but in the same sense, I had this knowing and I feel like I've always had this knowing since I was a child. Don't move anything. Mm. Don't speak. Don't move. Don't change a thing mm. because this place is not mine. Mm. It is theirs mm. and I'm a visitor mm. and this is their home. Yeah. This is where they're stuck. This is where they are. This is where they're choosing to be. Whatever it is that your belief is around it. And at that time, my belief was that this was their place and that I needed to be very respectful of that. Mm. And that meant don't touch anything. Don't move anything. Don't change anything. Don't speak. Don't talk to me. Mm. Like I'm just in this space. And I didn't really know what I was going to expect. I just knew that I was supposed to go here. Mm. <laughs> and at this point in time, I was actually really heavily involved in like spirit hunting. And I was thinking about like getting a career in being one of those guys who like had all the, the gear for hunting ghosts. Mm. Um, and like, you know, they have all these shows about like paranormal activity and like all these movies and stuff. And I was like, I kind of want to be that guy because mm. I fully believe that they're there. And I think there's this whole other energetic level and or spiritual level and or spirit realm that we don't have access to. But I felt like I did. Mm. And I was well, you like did. in it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, up until this point, I'm so open. I'm seeing all these dead people on the road. I'm having all this stuff it, it, like on all these exciting things. And I want to know more. And so I went to the, of course, I went to the VA hospital. Like, who wouldn't in that mm. position? I was like, let's go to the most haunted place in mm -hmm. town. And I'd already been to Helen's Bridge, which if you want to do some Google research, you can also find Helen's Bridge, which is in Asheville, North Carolina. And I had a whole other experience there, too. Mm. You've um, told me that before, I think. And I'd already been to the Grove Park Inn, which is another haunted place where the pink lady is. Like, mm. I've been to several places, but this particular place was where I had like the most profound experience and the scariest of my like, I guess, adult, semi-adult, young adult life. Mm. Um, so 
when we were on the first level, we went to the right and we walked all the way down the hall. And my girlfriend at the time was in a car across the street with someone else in the car. And that woman that was in the car with her was a friend of my friend that was with me in the place. It was just me and my friend. And they were in the car and that woman had a child. Mm. I think the child was about five or six. We weren't planning on being here long. So it's not like we were like, ah, let's do this for a really long period of time. Keep the child out past her birth. Like past her time that she should, I was going to say birthday, but that doesn't make any sense. Bedtime. Uh, bedtime. (laughs) Yes. Bedtime. Um, so, you know, and to, first things first, when we drove past these places, that child who was in the car with me at the time was like, I don't like it here. We shouldn't be here. Mm. And she was about Kids four or know. five. And she like shrunk down into the car floorboard. It was like, uh-uh, I'm not, <laughs> get me out of here. Mm. And I then was like, oh shit, I probably shouldn't be here. But by that point I'd already committed and I was like real stubborn. and was like, yeah, we're going in. Mm. Um, and she was like, I see like 13 bad people, mommy. <laughs> talking to her mom in the car like i see mm. all these people what are you doing why are we here mm. and we were like well we're going in she was like no don't do that we were like oh yeah we're going <laughs> mm. stupid shouldn't have went um so we went in and we went to the right and my girlfriend at the time who was in the car sent me a text and was like are you guys at the end of the hall and i said no why and she was like there's a light at the end of the hall i don't know there's somebody else in there you need to be careful mm. we were like okay cool so right about then i was like mm turn it around, don't want to run into somebody that I don't really want to, like, I'm not trying to disturb people. I don't want to run into homeless people. I'm not trying to disturb whether it's in this world or in another world. Mm. So, and when we were walking down the hall, all the doors for the rooms were open. Mm. So they were like flat against the wall in the hallways. And when I made that decision to turn around, I was just like, hey, and I showed the text to my friend without really saying anything. And I was like, I just pointed like, let's turn around and go out. Mm. Uh, And we turned back around to come outside of the hallway and all the doors were all of a sudden halfway open. Like they were like kind of coming at an angle in the hall. Mm. So then you would have had to squeeze through them Mm. to get back to the other end. Mm. Like somebody had opened them halfway. Mm. (laughs) And then I thought, well, this is really interesting. Obviously someone's trying to keep me here. Well, Mm. I'm getting out of here. So I squeezed through them. Mm. And... You know, and I'm telling this story now and I'm like, I've got no idea if the friend that I was with was having the same experience. We never actually talked about it. The only bit that we talked about was the very tail end bit that I'll tell in a moment. And that part was very real for both of us. Mm. But in this moment, I've got no idea if if what I saw was what she saw or and or mm. experience. I couldn't tell you. Because mm. everyone has a different experience in the same moment. Mm. So I just like squeezed out through these doors and we start to go up the stairs and I'm going up the stairs to the second level and there's this child, this male child standing in the corner watching us. And I was like, yeah, I see you. <laughs> okay, mm. cool. Didn't feel threatened. It was like, whatever. And then I go up to the second floor and I, and you know, I chose to go to the right again. Mm. And in this moment, my friend that was with me says that it was like, I went to take a step forward and all of a sudden I just dead stopped in my tracks. Mm. And she said that she was very worried about me and kept trying to get my attention and was tugging on my arm and being like, hey, are you okay? Because she said I just was standing there all bug-eyed, not moving, not breathing, just standing there, Mm. kind of looking like a corpse myself. Mm. And this lasted for like 30 seconds to a minute and she was panicking. Mm. And from my perspective, I went to turn down this hallway and all of a sudden there was this woman standing in front of me and the hallway was different. And the hallway looked brighter, like it was daytime. Mm. And I, this woman was standing in front of me in this like a regular hospital gown covered in blood, screaming bloody murder, like mm. probably six inches away from my face maybe. Mm. Mouth wide open, blood everywhere, screaming. Wow. And I could hear like this child laughing in the background and behind the woman I could see like what looked like army orderly nurses and or um, male nurses mm. running around frantically. Mm. And I like could see soldiers? like, pe- yeah, like, yeah. but they weren't really soldiers. They were like orderly. nurse orderly staff, mm. um, but from military, which makes mm. sense because knowing what I know about that place, it would have been during the wartime mm. and it was a tuberculosis unit. Mm. And the, the story has it that the mental health facility broke out of that building and came and killed the people in the tuberculosis unit. Mm. And what I think I saw was that happening. 
because I could see blood all over the place and this woman was screaming and the orderlies were going crazy and there was these people like running in and out all outside of the orderlies. Like there was just chaos happening in front of me and it felt very real. Mm. And I was just standing there watching this chaotic scene go go down. And this woman was standing there looking as if she could look straight through me. Mm. And at the time I thought that she was screaming at me, mm. but she wasn't. I was just there. Mm. And We've I don't even know if she actually recently. saw me or not, or if mm. she was just standing there pulling her hair out, like screaming and bleeding and doing all the things that she mm. was doing. And then it was like, I felt like I came back into my body like I do when I'm astral traveling. And I was mm. like, oh. and then I was like, we're going to go right now. I'm out. I'm so, f- Let's go. And mm. then we started to go down and we started to go back out. And then we obviously had to come back out the way that we came back in. Mm. And we start to go out and that fucking basement door <laughs> is open. And I was like, God damn oh, it. <laughs> I swear that was closed when we came in. I swear that was closed when we came in. I'm not into it being open. What am I meant to do here? Yeah. You know, and whether or not it was my belief system around the fact that it was open and like stuff lives in the basement is what caused this particular thing to happen. I've got no idea. But then idea. how would it just, it wouldn't just open. Oh, who like knows? Like fly open. Man, I mean, obviously there might've been somebody at the other end of the hall who was Maybe. alive and like opened it. I don't know. It doesn't explain the screaming woman in your face no, either like something doesn't. something paranormal was happening <laughs> and it also doesn't explain the fact that i notice the door is open and i'm trying to run out the fucking door mm. and all of a sudden i'm dead stopped in my tracks and held still and my friend can't move me mm. and physically, i remi- like, yeah, physically move cannot you. move me and she's got a hold of my hand and she's trying to pull me trying to pull me and it might not have lasted very long like i don't time is not of the essence when this shit's happening like mm. you've got no idea how long it takes but all you know is that in that moment you're terrified mm. and she's trying to move me and, and like nothing's happening and she's like we gotta go we gotta go and i'm like i know like i know we have to go and i'm trying to come with you mm. and i just felt like in that moment that i couldn't breathe and like someone was squeezing me and i was like i don't know what's happening but like before that in that moment it was like when we were coming down the stairs prior to that happening i feel like i felt this presence coming up like as soon as i noticed the basement door was open i could feel what was coming from the basement Mm. and it felt like this huge male presence that was like really dangerous i was Mm. like oh fuck i did not mean to sign up for this shit i feel like i was praying to everything that could hear me i was Mm. like i just I just want to get out of this building. I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't touch anything. Like, I swear I didn't touch anything. I just want out. Mm. And I and I couldn't move. And I couldn't breathe. And then all of a sudden, it was like she pulled me just hard enough. Mm. And then out the door we went and we ran. And somebody in the apartment complex, because there's an apartment complex across from that, saw our light and called the cops. Mm. And I mentioned to you in the beginning of this, it's a federal offense, right? So I also was then running from the cops for the first time in my <laughs> life and hiding face first in some bushes in the middle of 10.30 at night <laughs> in my hometown, trying to make sure I don't go to jail for a federal offense for breaking into this place because I was chasing ghosts. <sighs> <laughs> yes. So then we finally get back to the car and I'm still out of breath and I'm well aware, like adrenaline, running, hiding from the cops, scared, felt all these things, stuff happening. I get back to the car and the little girl, as soon as I jumped in, she was like, hey, where are those two girls that were following you guys? What? (laughs) What two girls? There wasn't two girls. It was just me and my friend. What are you talking about? And she was like, nah, they were running behind you full fledged. Like, and then they just stopped and disappeared. (laughs) And we were like, okay, great. Glad they disappeared. Like, whatever. Let's go. And, um, you know, we were leaving and, and on the way home, like outside of this other part of this, that little girl was having a conversation with a five-year-old and I was asking her, who are you talking to? Mm. Like, cause she was just talking so softly and nobody else in the car believed me, but I mm. heard her and I saw her and I, and the, and she finally left the car and went back because I told the girl who was physically in the car, I was like, tell her that she needs to go back. Mm. and she did mm. but she was having the best time with her they were the same age and they were like giggling and talking to each other and like you could see her in in the smoke and stuff in the car like because there mm. were smokers in the car and the only other person who really believed what i was saying was the girl who was just with me in the va yeah. hospital yeah. because we just had that experience together and she didn't necessarily have a very similar experience but she watched me have mine and was a part of it and was scared of it knew there was something otherworldly going on yeah yeah and the biggest thing I think about about that experience is the fact that we went to a local grocery store that was a 24-hour place and I was like, I still cannot breathe. Mm. What is going on here? Like, this has been 20 minutes now, still can't breathe. 
and we lifted up my shirt and I had man-sized handprint bruises on my ribcage. And at the time I was just like, what the fuck is that? Because you felt like you were being held there. Squeezed and held there, yeah. And that just kind of proved that I was. Mm. They looked like burn marks, Mm. but they weren't burns. They were just like like purpley red like prints. And this was at a time where cell phone cameras weren't really a big thing. Like Mm. you just maybe had a flip phone if you were lucky and or Mm -hmm. like one of those Verizon like, (laughs) I don't know, like you could flip it in half and like text on it because you had its own individual letters instead of having Mm. a click, 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 click. Like a Blackberry? Yeah, but not maybe not quite Blackberry time yet. It's like right before then. (laughs) It's like a mix between razor and like something else. So like mm. you didn't, you didn't quite have, and even if you would have taken a photo, it wouldn't have come out that great. No. You know, it would have been really grainy. Yeah. And we didn't have cameras on it. So I don't really have any physical proof of it, but the people who were there were, saw it, you know, and, and it was, it was like a big deal. And we, and they, they were like, whoa. And I was like, I don't know, you know, and <laughs> then next weekend we were going to Savannah, Georgia, which is one of the oldest magic places in the states other than louisiana and Mm. i'm sure there's other places that i'm not aware of but like we went there uh because saint patrick's day in that place has a huge party every year and it's like you know they dye the river green and it's this big irish party and it's really great uh and we went down there and there was thousands of people on this street and i remember thinking about how crowded it was and I was just there and it was like nothing had ever happened, you know. And this woman came up to me out of nowhere and she grabs my hand and pulls me close. And she was much smaller than me. She was shorter than you even. Mm. And she was just, she kind of like maybe came up to my chest mm. and was just like, I don't know who you are and I don't know what you do for fun, but whatever it is, you should stop because you're a portal. And if you want to continue to be yourself, you need to quit doing whatever it is you do. Mm-hmm. Dropped my hand and walked away. <laughs> and I was just like, What? <laughs> what is this woman talking about you mean like ghost hunting and so then of course i like followed her because yeah. i was like who is this person like what is she doing and she ended up being a palm reader mm. and she had like a little stall there to the side and i followed her to her stall and i went and i bought a ten dollar palm reading from her because i was like you just grabbed me out of a crowd full of hundreds of people thousands even mm. and you just said this random thing now granted that was a great marketing tactic if that's what she was doing but I don't feel like it was that and I genuinely believe that what she was telling me was true mm. because ever since then I have been told by multiple walks of life you're a portal you open portals you close mm. them you do mm. them in astral traveling you're a portal open end or closer like this is something that I've heard in multiple forms mm. so I just kind of was like yeah okay obviously this is a thing <laughs> yeah and that's the scariest moment of my life as far as the spirit realm and or parallel dimensions dimensions and or worlds Mm. exists for me yeah it is a fascinating story though like particularly for anyone that doesn't experience this kind of stuff you know it's always a little bit strange and confronting when it crosses over to leave a physical mark on you. Mm, and that's not the first time in my life that I've had physical marks. No. And that's that's when that's when you know you can, I I feel like when you're you have that knowing or you see things that other people don't see there's some sort of rational part of you that can <laughs> rationalize it away <laughs> and make it like it's nothing and just question your sanity which is also very healthy to do mm. um it's like i've got stories from where i've mm. recorded myself in my brother's house and because of the fact that i woke up with like handprint bruises mm-hmm. on my arms and or on my calf muscle or mm. thumbprints like mm. in places that don't make any sense and i know that like i've tried to make it make sense for me to like yep. hold my arm while i'm sleeping at a really intense pressure doesn't make sense it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't fit my thumb it's bigger it's uh, different when it's it just, becomes just physical. stuff, you know, and I was aware that before then I was having physical ailments and or bruises and mm. handprints and stuff mm. on a regular basis. So like that's how it shows up for me is in a physical manner. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, so what do you do with that? I mean, you could just take it for the phenomenon that it is and that's quite interesting and you had this cool experience, but then – 
Um, you know, is that just residual energy or are their souls stuck in that space, in that violence? Um, is there a male energy that is that lives in that place that is trying to grab onto someone living to to share his story, to physically express himself, you know? Or to leave. Possibly. I don't it's know. like the body thief <laughs> and rice. You I know, want maybe to know he's, more for sure. Yeah. Always have. I've always wanted to have like a deeper understanding of the things that I've experienced. Mm. And everybody's got such a different take on what happens mm. in the afterlife. Mm. Whether souls are stuck or not or whether they still continue to live in that violent place that perhaps they died in. I don't know. Uh, I remain open. I believe mm. that anything is possible. I believe yeah. that all options are possible. I believe that everyone's reality is possible. Mm. Yeah, that's something too, isn't it? Like we've both heard some really totally bizarre stories from people, but because of the things we've experienced too, we're like, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just as weird as my story cool. and <laughs> it, it kind of makes sense. Like I could see that being a thing and that's okay. You're you're not crazy. Like you obviously experienced it on some level. So mm. that's your reality and that's okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I think that's probably <laughs> enough of ghost stories for, for one <laughs> evening. Um, but I think, you know, we will touch base again on different types of otherworldly phenomenon. Yes, because I, I also have things to say about the double world and, and mm. the fact that I've kind of experienced in my own self just in different versions and not as intense as you and mm. like... Or yeah. shadow, shadow shadow beings and walk-ins and yeah all the things we have so so many things to <laughs> go on about this podcast could last for hours at a time but mm. we want to hold your attention and make sure that you're still here and present with us mm. while you're listening digest that <laughs> <laughs> one thing at a time thank you so um, much for asking me questions yeah thank you for sharing and Anyone listening, if you have a ghost story that you'd like to share with us, um, shoot us an email at teamuniverse1111 at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. It's really cool to hear different stories. Sometimes people aren't super keen on sharing them on the podcast, but if you'd like to just share it, um, yeah, even in email, we'd love to read your story just for the story's sake. So... Yes, please. Yeah. I love a good ghost story. Yeah. Um, you can also <laughs> find us on Instagram at Team Universe Official or you can find us on Facebook at Team Universe 1111. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a follow. Definitely get into contact with us. Mm. We have all kinds of events going on. We're actually currently planning for our retreat for the winter. Mm. Um, June long weekend. Stay tuned. Winter immersion. <laughs> And our new moon Pisces Reiki hypnotic emergent is coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow night, actually. So when you're listening to this, it may have already happened. Uh, But always keep your eyes peeled. We have tons of events. We love to get out there and really do things with people. So look us up, check us out, and tell us your story, please. Mm. Because this isn't all about us. It's actually really about you. Yeah. And we hope that you have the most beautiful night, day, or afternoon, whenever our voice is finding you. Mm. Until next time. <laughs>